Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of the Pop Culture Podcast. I am Tom. I am Safonet. And we have our lovely Matt Regitz with us today. Our favorite guest. I don't feel much like a guest. <laughs> no, you belong. You're part of the you family. You belong. Yes. Yes. Um, so how's it been going? Matt, it's been a while. What was the last episode we had you on for? Well, I was hoping Smogers. to combat your bromance uh, oh, episode right. you yeah, did. Yeah. But, but we had you on for that. Oh, you schooled us in the lanyap. The yes. lanyap. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure our listeners have already forgotten and the definition spelled it correctly. I was really impressed. I didn't even think that was a word. Close to I definitely didn't think an Aggie could spell it correctly. Took a master's at the seminary to get that word down. <laughs> <laughs> Never even heard about it. I heard of the word I'm before. I'm sweating. It is hot. This might not make it any better. It's only going to get hotter. And Tom, welcome to Texas summer. This is your last summer. Lord. Where you get to free yourself of that and go back no, north. And I, then you are here for the duration. I cannot wait. Like escape for July, June and July. Come back yeah. in early August. It'll be hot in August. It's hot in August. But I'm getting out for, for the uh, for the cooking time. What's Notre Dame like this <laughs> in time the of summer? Year? It's hot. It's humid. But it's not Texas. Yeah. You know, it's like 90 degrees on average. Yeah. But this is the dress time. Girls love it. This is the time for dresses and why do people still wear jeans in this heat? Because they have to go to work. Okay, that makes sense. Most people can't wear jeans to work, buddy. I started. You can't either, except for Fridays. (laughs) Jean Friday, right here in youth ministry. (laughs) Right here on Wednesday. I'm an honorary (laughs) youth minister, so I'm wearing jeans today. I'm speaking to the chillins today. (laughs) Anyway, so all right, well. it's good that we're here. We're going to get started. We have a cool episode for you guys today. We're going to talk about 13 Reasons Why. So we will be right back. Okay, so uh, there is a new Netflix show Yes. on the scene. It's called 13 Reasons Why, and uh, everyone talking about it and we wanted to get in on the conversation because especially matt we were having you be especially because of the uh population you work with right right the teens of our parish but right. um and you're also a parent but it's also an important thing to uh this show is important to look after yep. all of us and you brought it to our attention for the first time you sent us an email for me at least mm-hmm. uh, you know i haven't been on netflix for two months <laughs> and you you um you sent us that email saying guys watch out about this um show um and you want to you want to talk a little bit about why yeah sure yeah so obviously even by the time we find it uh the the general rule is the teens have found it 10 days before Mm -hmm. and so uh that was the case here and it was reinforced uh dave and i were doing a sexuality catechesis uh session for a junior high school and we're finding out that the junior high girls were watching this. Mm. And we had heard roughly about it, um, but this brought it to our attention that this was much bigger mm-hmm. um, and seemingly to fly under the radar for virtually every parent. So what we were finding was, which made this something that we needed to look at, was how are, at the lowest level, junior right. high girls, and surely not just the girls and maybe right. younger, mm-hmm. watching a show... And their parents know nothing about it. Yeah. So that also means that they're not talking about it. Right. Yeah. And then after viewing this series, uh, was more alarmed. And that's why I think we need to enter the conversation. Yeah. Because the conversations have to happen in families. And the parents need to be aware, yeah. not just as a way to put the smack down, 
but because of the serious and graphic issues that are brought up in the series that demand our response as parents to form our children. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, that's so give a little summary about what the show. Sure. About. So, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> essentially, turn um, your volume down now if you have not seen. <laughs> actually. Turn this episode off and come back right, to it later. Right, come back if you want to watch it first. I don't necessarily think you need to watch it you first don't. to be a part of this conversation. Nope. It is a dark show. Um, it is about uh, the main protagonist is a is a girl named Hannah, um, who for you know many different reasons, um, thirteen at least, she decides to take her life. Um, she kills herself. She is um, the only child of two very loving parents who find themselves at a complete loss at the end of this whole thing when they find their daughter um, with her slit, you know, her, her wrist slit in her bathroom. I mean, it's just a horrible scene. And they have no idea how this could have happened, you know, how they couldn't have, how they didn't see anything, how, I mean, um, their daughter seemed to them to be perfectly happy. Um, and they had a great relationship. The show depicts that yeah. great relationship sure. and their loving parents mm-hmm. to each other and to their daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Their interactions were beautiful. Um, but she was underneath, you know, carrying all of this stuff. You know, she was um, new to the city. She, right? And they moved to mm-hmm. the, yeah. She um, got, she began, um, getting uh, bullied at school. It all started with, you know, one of the popular guys asking her um, to uh, to go out on a date. Um, and then all they did was kiss, but he took a picture of her coming down a slide in her skirt. Um, that that um, picture, you know, went viral in their school. Everyone saw it. All Everyone made their assumptions about what kind of girl she was and what that meant and all that high school drama that comes along with all of that. Then... Um, then all of his friends, the the jocks, this was like a, a, a popular um, basketball player, um, they make their assumptions about how they can treat her. Um, and so that happens. Um, you know, several people who came in her life, friends, I mean, you could, if, I don't know if you know if you can call them friends, I'll put friends in air, you know, quotations, but um, friends who um, kind of befriended her, but they then started dating and then then they left her so she just constantly found herself alone um needing um relationship needing something but not getting it and then when she would reach out it would be um it would be someone who would just hurt her they they would exploit that vulnerability um one guy in her life uh this guy clay was seemed you know he just was a good wholesome um he could have been a friend. He could have been something else. I think he really liked her. I think he was in love with her. But he didn't have the social, um, I think, ability to befriend her. She didn't have the ability to understand what... So that was just a... And that became... You know, he could have probably um, helped her through this whole thing. Yeah. Um, but that it didn't It didn't happen. Yeah, he was dealing with his own deficiencies socially. Sure, yeah. And also his deficiencies uh, in his relationship, his full connection with his parents. Yes. Who wanted the mom specifically wanted to reach out, and he was uh, he blew her off very easily, and she she rather accepted that for most of the show. Mm-hmm. The dad seemed very disconnected, always sitting at the table with his iPad, uh-huh. yeah, and um, not really having a relationship with his son. Seems yeah. like an academic who just couldn't, yeah, exactly. Um, 
So the show, basically from the very beginning of the show, we understand that Hannah has killed herself and she has decided to leave um, these cassettes of the 13 different reasons why she did this. Yeah, instead um, of a note, she went old school cassette tape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And left, um, she made two copies. She left one in the safekeeping of a, of a, um, <laughs> Is an interesting character. Um, Some sort of advocate for her and this cause that yes. she wanted everyone to hear. Right. Um, beautiful guy who like has like this old school moral code. Um, he has like this like he drives like this Corvette. I don't know what kind of car he drives, but he drives this old school Corvette. He, he looks like James Dean from like the fifty. Anyway, he's just um, I really like the character. Um, <coughs> but he so he keeps this one set of cassettes in safekeeping, um, and he's kind of watching over. The rest of, wait, how did, hold on. Then the other one gets passed down. Yeah, so then these 13 reasons why are, are for the most part, uh, tied specifically to people. So the 13 reasons are kind of playing out as like the 13 people, if you will. Right. And so each person's supposed to listen to this series of tapes in its entirety, and then it gets passed on to right. the next person. So the, the entirety of this series you're watching um, on Netflix is Clay, the other main character that we just mentioned, his listening to these tapes over a, a period of time, which seems to be a longer period of time than most of the other people that have already listened to them before Clay got them, um, which they seem to like binge listen to them. Mm-hmm. But Clay's realizing just the enormity, the intensity, mm-hmm. the gravity of this. He can't just sit down and mm-hmm. like casually listen. He has to go to the tapes and then take them off and then go to the tapes and, and, and take them off. So it's this constant journey for Clay listening to Hannah replay why she's already killed herself. Well, and he loved her. Right. Right. He did. So he, he couldn't, you know, he it was he was taking it much harder. He he didn't know what to do. And then and then he was just mad because he was like, who is paying the pay? like like everyone got off scot free. Um, there's a seat, you know, she gets raped by one of the one of the uh, major, you know, football players or or whatever. And just so um, you know, the content of it, there's there's same sex romance, there's drug use, there's rape, there's uh, suicide, of course. Yeah. Um, there's basically every social topic or trigger issue that could be put into a series that would have affected not just pop culture, but society in general yeah. is in this show. And ultimately the hard part for me in, in, in wrestling with this is none of it ultimately gets discussed or dealt with mm-hmm. or explained. It just is there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's the hard part. That's yeah. the hard part. And a lot of the people that are looking at this are saying there's lots of triggers for people mm-hmm. that might be in um, compromising situations themselves or in at-risk situations for suicide or copycat mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. So the, the, I think the purpose of us sharing this today yeah. isn't to encourage everybody to go out and rent Netflix, which is what no Netflix way. would love for you to do right. or, mm-hmm. or to subscribe to Netflix. Right. Um, or we're not, you know, we're not advocating for this show. Mm-hmm. I mean, what you've heard here enough will at least let you enter the conversation um, at, at a bare minimum. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it does glamorize her decision in a certain way, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't it? Yeah. Um, she she because she firmly puts the blame, like you're my third reason. Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. Right? As if the reasons she killed herself were were 
strictly or simply what these people did to her, mm-hmm. which in, in, in a sense doesn't make any of it right. We're not trying to say, well, that's not, that didn't exacerbate the right. situation, right. but it, it doesn't deal with the mental health <laughs> right. issue. And that's been kind of this universal um, complaint or criticism of the series mm-hmm. right. is it didn't deal with the, with the uh, mental health issue. It didn't give people a lot of like here's what to do when i know after the last episode they show some of that mm-hmm. or the netflix uh, producers because it is a netflix original saying here's why we produced it we produced it with you know mental health uh consultation mm-hmm. and you know to, to start the conversation well they've hit the nail on the head with starting the conversation mm-hmm. right yeah. and did. scaring the hell out of a lot of people at That's the right. same time sure. Right. Sure. and also um maybe entertaining pop culture uh, at, for an entertainment value for kids as young as junior high kids that I don't think have any business watching this show. Mm. Right, yeah, and that's that's my main issue with it is that it just it makes it look good. It makes this look like true revenge, and it makes it, you know, like, you hurt me, and now I'm going to, you know, get back at you in a very crafty way Right. Um, even after I take my own life. You know, and that's, it's just, it's, I, I don't know, it's, it's one, uh, I don't know. It just, it, it bothers me. It bothers me big time that, um, that's the result and that's that that's the action, you know? Um, I also believe that, um, the younger generations are a little more desensitized to some of the sensational scenes and nature of this. Mm -hmm. Well, I would bet a lot of parents, of teenagers mm-hmm. would be would be shocked. Mm-hmm. Um, it might not be quite as shocking to teenagers today to see this. Right. Right. And that's another thing. It's like we're supposed to accept these things as matter of fact. Oh, they just happen. Right. You know, same sex relationships, all this stuff that you guys have mentioned, rape and drug use. And all, it just happens in high school. And that's right. it does happen, though. I know school. it does. I know. But it's <laughs> but the fact that it's like we, we shouldn't just sit around and ac- accept it. You know, sure. like when people are harming themselves and maybe that, I mean, maybe that's what the convert, that's how it's supposed to start a conversation. We're supposed to say, we should be, there's a lot of, we should be vigilant, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I am not um, a parent, but I have been in high school and I saw all this stuff happening around me and, um, I couldn't talk to my parents about it. I didn't have that kind of relationship with my parents. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, I mean, I just didn't, Yeah. but they, I don't know. I mean, I just, it was like. I was I saw the craziness, but I had a community. I think we were, you know, yeah. we want to touch on this. Oh I had a community. I had a good, you know, group of friends. Same, same. Um, you know, and so I didn't fall into that trap. Um, Hannah in the show, she kept trying to make friends. Yeah, and she just couldn't make it. And that one, you know, it all it spiraled out of control. I don't really think that. I mean, I think she had mental. In, in order to do this, I think you have to have some. Yeah. Form of mental illness. But I mean, it was really a spiraling that that happened that was first instigated and caused by the abuse in her life by that one guy, Justin Foley, who spread that picture. It went viral. But then the real evil, you know, um, protagonist is the rich um, jock who has never known um, consequence and was the one who ended up he raped two girls. Yeah, it's like that picture um, framed who she was as the slut of the school, Mm -hmm. and she wasn't. She was even on a list for having the best (laughs) butt. 
and only because again of that picture (laughs) you know and she was such a uh, like almost this sweet charming girl Mm -hmm. and i think that the the show was trying to portray her as that like you would have never guessed it was this one right Right. you would never guess it was this girl not this girl and i think um two things i want to say here first about uh the show itself that if we allow whoever makes a show hollywood netflix PBS, you know, any mm-hmm. media outlet or uh, consumer-driven business mm-hmm. to make a show. Mm-hmm. And we don't respond. Now, we can't go out responding to every show, but to respond to the to the premises of them, to, to respond to the issues brought up. If we don't respond as parents, mm-hmm. as a church, and as leaders in the community, we're actually allowing Netflix to do the teaching. Right. That's true. And Netflix isn't the teacher here. Mm -hmm. They've brought the issue up. It's now our job. Parents, first catechists, catechism's Mm -hmm. clear on that. Mm -hmm. Church community, important. We are the teachers. Mm -hmm. We take these issues and we teach, we share, we we talk about how they affect us with an eternal perspective, not just in the here and now. Right, right. That's really good. And then secondly... Uh, I've I've put some things out, and at the end of the show, we'll talk about some of the resolutions and uh, put some of the links up at the end of this podcast for you to click on the other people that are sharing and trying to teach about this. Yeah. But here in our own community, there's been uh, people that I've walked with that have been um, survivors of suicide. Not meaning they 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 were not, not successful in uh, committing suicide, but a survivor of suicide is anyone who has suffered the loss of someone in their life from suicide. Yeah. And we've had some parents here um, that have had their children uh, take their own lives um, that also um, I've spoken to about this, about mm-hmm. this show, mm-hmm. because of their roles still in the community and in suicide prevention because of what happened in their family when they didn't think it was possible for their child but don't want to see it happen to other children. Right. Yeah. So we'll have some of those things at the end of the show, too. Yeah. yeah. To help. And and you touched on this um, aspect of community. Mm-hmm. Um and Matt, you brought this up. I don't know if you want to bring it up now or later. Sure. But well, yeah. And, and Svana was talking about how she's she was new and she's trying to find friends. Mm-hmm. And so this is really the only um, underlying truth that I see portrayed in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it, it's because it's written in in the very fabric of who we are that we are driven for relationship, mm-hmm. and we're driven into community. And community can be a positive or a negative. Uh, influence in our lives yeah for sure so what's happening here is what's being portrayed in the show as community is really just a collection of individuals Mm -hmm. so hannah being new her whole drive is to fit in and find friends but not in really unhealthy ways for her so she goes into these relationships trusting and looking for authentic community and every time she does it she's betrayed Mm -hmm. and the reason she's betrayed is because it's not a true community. It's a collection of individuals who are only looking out for themselves. Right. So yeah. it only has the ability to betray. Because mm-hmm. even if you're in a group with, you know, it, it shows one of these scenes where she's she's in a group of three. Mm-hmm. And this threesome, these f- three friends, this guy and this other girl, they meet every day for coffee. And it's really this beautiful, like, some new kids all getting together and forming this community. And then slowly you see it deteriorate because they start looking out for themselves mm-hmm. right. instead of the good of the community. Right. And that's a larger issue because the people themselves are not tied into a community. They don't have a model for community mm-hmm. like a church. Mm-hmm. Right. And not once in this show can I recall 
seeing a kid pray, Mm-mm. seeing a kid, a family go to church on Sunday, mm-hmm. seeing a family pray before a meal, seeing them even talk to God, even crying out to God. I, maybe his name in vain a few times, but that's a that's a trite example of God in sure, this. Yeah. So I we don't, don't even, even have think, a I mean, nothing. community. And Hannah, Hannah, you know, Hannah reached out to every single person in her life, except her parents, every single, and God. Mm-hmm. There was no mention it's of a, her reaching out to God at all. It's a postmodern show speaking to a postmodern yeah. audience, right? And Matt, what you're saying about community, you know, political philosophy, Aristotle, all these guys say that communities only succeed, governments only succeed, countries only succeed when there is a common good, when we strive mm-hmm. for the good of the other, you know, yeah. as well as myself. If I'm yeah. working for your good and you're working for my good, we're going to get there together. Yep. That's we right. can't get there on our own, right? That's right. So when you have a community that looks like a community on the outside, but really is not, Mm-mm. they're, I mean, they're people who are lying to each other and that's just, it breaks down twice. That's right. You know, not only is it a community that doesn't work, but it was never a community in the first place. Amen. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, I mean, this show is about high schoolers and totally happens in high school, I'm sure. But it's everyone's everyone's looking for community as you transition out of college universal as you transition out of grad school. It's going to happen again and again and again. It's stamped in the human person. You know, we're built in Mm -hmm. the image of God who is communion himself. And so we are constantly looking to give and to receive, you know, to give ourselves away and to receive from the other person to do in healthy ways. You know, um, and loneliness. I mean, it's, it's, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. You know? Mm. Um, And it's funny because uh, screens don't help. And mm-hmm. here we are watching a Netflix series about the loneliest of lonely yeah. people. Yep. And most of them in high school are reaching out to these social <laughs> communities mm-hmm. um, where you can only put one face forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, that's good. Let's, uh, let's take a break here and then we'll get into some resolutions and conclusions. BRB. Well, I said that earlier. I mean, and I was like, I'm going to. S- I'm just like I can't imagine. Like I would have loved to have talked to my parents put about it, these put kinds the of things. Put the mic back in your face. Oh. Put the mic back. I would have loved to have talked to my parents again. On. I am not a child. I am not. I don't have children. So Matt, help me with this. But I would have loved to have talked to my family, my parents, about this kind of stuff. It together has and a masturbation it scene. It has a rape scene. It has. Um, a kid trying to grope a woman scene. It has the f bomb like I throughout. Think it has drug use. It's horrible. But None of that would I let my junior high kid watch or be exposed to. Okay. I think you can have the conversation without watching the show. That's exactly right. Especially because since everyone's talking about it, but don't you think they're going to be like? We know they're just the going to be like, "Mom, Dad, I know. Leave me alone." So like, here's I know. the issue: parents feel safe because they have a Netflix account that all has different profiles. Right. They can click on their parents' profile. Exactly. Or even if a parent's like, well, no, at my house, we don't, you know, even have a profile for adults or whatever. Mm. Or we have covenant eyes. Mm. How many friends do these kids have that don't have restricted access to Netflix or the internet? And they just watch it together on Mm -hmm. their phone in a park after school or something. So to think they're not going to have access... Um, is is not true. Now, some of us are like, well, I know my kids aren't going to watch it. Okay. If your kids are not going to watch it, 
I would advise that you don't let your kids watch it. But do, I would ask the question. Do parents have control over what their kids watch? Some do, sure. Some do. And, and, and there's ways to do that. There should be ways, and mm-hmm. I hope so. Yeah. But my question for most parents would be, because I'm, I'm parents, I'm telling you that what I'm seeing already is 90% of the kids that are watching it, do, their parents do not know. I mean, I asked classrooms of kids, how many of you have seen it? Because I wasn't going to talk about it. And they raised their hands. How many of you have heard about it? They all raised their hands. I then said, how many of your parents know you're watching it? And like two of their kids' hands went up. Yeah. So the majority of parents don't know what their kids are watching. Correct. Right. So I would say <laughs> I would encourage parents, uh, watch watch it if you need to. Um, the content's pretty dark, and, and it's not stuff I like to watch. Um, so I was not desensitized by the scenes. Watch it only to inform yourselves. But ultimately, the reason, the, the, the catalyst here is to have the conversation with your kids. And right. I think that if a parent watches this show, they will immediately sit their kid down yeah. and ask them, have you seen it? Let's talk about it. Right. And are you or anyone else in your life dealing with any of the 30 issues that are brought up in this show? Right. Right. Including and then, suicide. And know that they're probably not going to tell you the truth. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I think it depends on the relationship you have with your kids. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But, but, and it's more than just a one shot conversation. I don't have Correct. Kids, but it thinking can't about, be. thinking about talking about it with my friends, like it's an ongoing thing and it takes paying attention to what's going on in yeah. life and checking in frequently, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah it's just, it's, it not only, not only do parents have a responsibility, but, you guys were saying earlier that we as church leaders have a responsibility too. we as members of society have a right. responsibility to pay attention to the minds and mm-hmm. lives of our youth and mm-hmm. our friends and our families mm-hmm. and be there for them. Yeah. And this is also where religion, I think, um, can be helpful to a certain extent. You know, when you raise your, again, the, you know, no mention of God or church or any element of faith or prayer, yeah. um, you know, until recently, I mean, I know this is not helpful, especially for people who have taken their lives. You know, as soon as someone has taken their life in suicide, you know, then the the the, the message is that God's mercy is, you know, um, God's. I mean, God's divine mercy is what we um, is what we believe in. But like, I just remember always like thinking the you. It's like a no. Like you cannot do that. Like that's never okay. Yeah, right. Um. You know, and it was, I mean, now I can like, I can understand, you know, why people make that choice. We treat it like it's only a rational decision and right for the most part. I mean, Mm -hmm. yes. And and maybe in this case, let's say there wasn't mental health issues with Hannah, although some people said, oh, no, I've seen it throughout the show. I Mm -hmm. know the warning signs. Mm -hmm. But if it was all about revenge, Mm -hmm. it is absolutely not the reason to do it. Right. Mm -hmm. That is not okay. No. Mm -mm. No. It's an eternal solution, right? For a very finite problem. For a very finite problem, even though, I mean, they're making the case in the show that, look, this was not a finite problem. It was it was an epidemic for Hannah. And, yeah. And obviously, it kept going. It, was, it spiraled. Right. It spiraled. And there's a problem at that school, you know? Um, I mean, yeah. Yeah, the leadership was more, uh, was more concerned about uh, lawsuits and protecting itself, and they made that really clear throughout. So they didn't really have any advocates, not even the counselor. And the culture mm-hmm. of protecting the, the, the sports, you know, players. Sure. Above all, above all you and know. We, and we see that happen. That's, we see that happen. That's so what are some things, like, um, that we can, we can do? What are some, some solutions um, that we can offer? Yeah. Like I said, I think each of us in our own lives know someone who is either at risk or very... Um, 
it just feels very excluded, very on the outside. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think it's, you know, people are like, Oh, it's not my responsibility to check in with my brother. Right. Like, but mm. I think it is, I think it is. And I think we, before anything, should be good friends to the people in our lives, should be good yeah. family members to the people in our lives. Make sure people that you know, your friends and family aren't, they don't feel alone, you know? Um, they have some form of community around them, you know, especially people who are in, diff are in new places of their life. I think of my sister now, who's now a mother of two small kids. Right. You know, I've been trying to plug her into like mother's groups and like, you know, I mean, if she was here, you know, our pop moms would be great. I mean, but you know, cause I'm just like, I know you feel alone in this, but you don't need to feel alone in this. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many people who you can build a community with, you know? Um, and inspire people. Like if you're out there and you're already part of a community group, it doesn't necessarily mean opening up your specific small group ministry mm -hmm. to a lot of new people. Cause mm -hmm. that dynamic is, is touchy and, mm -hmm. and, and sacred. Right. But it also means that if we're in a small community that we should be then extended, we should reach out from that. Like the small community should be treated like a huddle. Mm -hmm. And then we should leave the huddle and go actually run a play, run some plays out in yeah. life. Uh, talk to those new people. Talk to those people. It doesn't mean you have to be their best friend, mm -hmm. but it means you should be their spiritual advocate for the for the church. Right. Mm -hmm. I was actually talking to a friend the other day who's a part of this group. And, like she's she's in a, it's like a fellowship group. It's a sisterhood group. And she was saying, yeah, I hate it. She can't stand it. She's like, it's I just don't gel with them. They kind of like bother me a lot. And I'm like then change it, <laughs> you know, like take a step and change it. it. It Don't just try it once and be like, I'm done with it. You know, you mm -hmm. got to keep fighting. You got to find your group. You mm -hmm. got to find your people. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, and for teenagers, you know, and since I know a lot of them are, are watching this, um, to know that there's a really natural community here at Prince of Peace sure. and in a lot of youth groups out there, not just here at our parish, mm -hmm. but our, our first mover in, in our mission here is belonging. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, belief and teachings, they're important, but only to a group of, only to a community. So mm -hmm. if you haven't formed the community already, you have no one to share the truths and goodness and beauty of the church and the right. love of Jesus Christ with. Mm -hmm. So come on, you know, come join us. We've had, I've had teens on retreats tell us how the, the ministry or a community has saved their lives, that being part of our youth group has saved their lives. That's so awesome. You have a lot of great kids who, you know. We'll be waiting here for them in open arms. You know, yeah, and not perfect kids. Kids that have struggled too, sure, right? Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. And, and just a, a mix of kids. I mean, you know, you have your your um, public school kids. You have your private school kids. You have your homeschool kids. I mean, just, um, yeah, it's beautiful. If there's somebody in your life that um, you know is struggling with depression or um, any kind of any form of um, mental illness, um, the Depression and Bipolar Support Alliance here in Houston um, we know that they're doing really good work. You can look on their website, um, and if you uh, if you go to www.db like depression and bipolar dbsa support alliance dbsahouston.org front slash suicide dash prevention. Um, they have a lot of good stuff there about suicide prevention. They also have a suicide hotline for anybody who um, might have thoughts of suicide or if you know of anybody who has told you that um, they are having these thoughts. Uh, the suicide hotline is 713-970-7000. I think that's the Texas one. And there's a national one, too. Great. It's uh, 1-800-273-8255. And it's confidential. And it's free. Um, and they're there to help you and remind you that you are not alone. 
Yep. And there's plenty of other uh, social media articles and videos out there to speak into the same environment that Netflix is trying to speak into. Uh, Life Teen has put out a short video um, with my friend uh, Joel Stepanek and uh, kind of talking about this this same issue. Uh, there's a few articles out there. The Catholic News Agency has put one out. Mm-hmm. Um, so has ABC. Uh, mm-hmm. ABC put one out and interviewed um, the, uh, the chief medical officer for the AFSP. Um, and I think it's, it's just great to inform ourselves. All these articles and links we'll put at the bottom of this podcast, mm-hmm. I'm assuming, um, for reference and, uh, for you to share with other people. And I would also encourage you share this file, um, with, with others. Um, you know, we were probably speaking to the adult audience here since, you know, the content of this was rather mature, mm-hmm. um, especially if your kids are not watching this series. So this is not intended for them, mm-hmm. um, but do share it with people that are struggling or I would say for parents, because all parents, even though this is a thick conversation, is a life and death conversation for us to have with our children. Mm-hmm. Amen. And, you know, like Matt said earlier, there are people in our community that have suffered. They're they're suicide survivors and they've suffered um, from from somebody, a child of theirs um, taking their life. And so, um, you know, there's people you can talk to if you'd like some firsthand, you know, um, if you'd like to talk with them firsthand. So including one of those survivors here in our community, Kathy Zerda. Yeah. Um, she and <laughs> Margaret Hood Black, uh, who is the former daughter, uh, she's the daughter of the former youth minister here when I was growing up. She's now a licensed counselor and therapist. So, uh, Kathy Zerda as a suicide survivor and Margaret Hood Black as the, as the expert, the professional will be doing a series next semester for parents here for our youth group, so um, great. six part series oh, cool. to help with suicide awareness, suicide prevention, best practices, tips, um, and I would encourage all parents when that starts to roll out in the fall to get involved. That's awesome. That's really great. great. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you, Margaret. Yeah. And thank you guys for sitting here today and chatting about this. Uh, this is the Pop Culture Podcast, and we are happy to talk to you all the time. You can reach out to us at popculture at pophouston.org. That's popculture at pophouston.org. Thank you guys for listening, Matt. Thanks for sitting with us. And you bet. Love you guys. Matt. We will see you next week. Bye. The Pop Culture Podcast is sponsored by Prince of Peace Catholic Community. The podcast is directed and produced by me, Tom Karani, and Safana McCona. Music cred goes to bensoundmusic.com. And we want to offer a special thanks to everyone who's helped support and produce this podcast in any way, including our special guests and coworkers. And finally, special thanks to you, Prince of Peace parishioners, for your questions, for your support, and for your faith. Keep us in prayer. We'll keep you in prayer. And we'll see you next week.